This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, March 16th, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. When the price at the pump hits a certain range, the call goes out, release oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. But the arguments in favor of that policy serve the do-something impulse of voters and lawmakers over sound economic reasoning. So says Peter Van Doren, editor of Regulation Magazine. And it makes some amount of sense, right? I mean, if, if you've got this thing and it's got 700 million barrels of oil in it and you've only used it three times in the history of its, of its existence, maybe that's too little. Why not use, I mean, if you put more supply in the market, prices will go down. But then critics say, but it's not big enough and you might need it for the really big one, blah, blah, blah. And there actually is a protocol. I mean, these the agreements that were used to set up the International Energy Agency stockpile, which is in Europe, and then ours, sort of, they use the criteria of, of a 7% reduction in world supply as the a critical threshold. And it turns out, uh, that doesn't happen very often. The, the Suez Canal crisis in '56 was actually the largest supply reduction in world oil market history, and that was on the order of 10%. Uh, but, it's, but since the '70s, we actually haven't had the Iran-Iraq war was was rather large, but it wasn't 10%. And uh, um, so, so the current Libyan reduction is on the order of one point something percent, and. Most analysts say you you need to hold your powder dry and uh, you know save this inventory for um, for a bigger event. But from my perspective, the problem is that what you need is to pre-commit to a system, either using options or futures or something. I mean, there, there's this inventory out there, and it would be useful for someone to pay. Uh, to have the option to use it, and you shouldn't have the president decide or the or the depart or the secretary of energy decide. You ought to have market-like forces decide when it, when is the appropriate time to use an inventory, and that revenue could be used to you know offset other taxes or be sent back to the U.S. taxpayers on a per capita basis. But th- there's this inventory out there, and oddly, or as our colleague. Uh, Gene Healy, right, when he writes about the president, you end up with this great man theory of inventory behavior, which is, you know, some omniscient person should decide when's the right time to use it, and that's not the right way to to manage it. An incorruptible omniscient person. An incorruptible omniscient person. So how do producers, oil producers, respond watching events like those that are unfolding in Libya? Well, most producers are um, behave competitively. That is, they don't. They're, they're price takers, and they try to maximize uh, their output. And as best we can tell, almost all producers, other than Saudi Arabia, are always just producing as, as much as possible. And as time has gone on, there's very little slack capacity in the world uh, market. And Saudi Arabia has, we think, uh, slack capacity. And uh, Tim Considine, who's an oil economist at Penn State, is actually has a, a, an article in the literature where he tries to estimate what the effect of an SPR release of 30 million barrels would be. And the key to his model is that Saudi Arabia responds to the release by reducing its production. So if you've heard in the news that the Saudi Arabia is responding to the Libyan uh, shutdown by increasing its own production, well, Considine, in his model, would argue that 
in response to the U.S. SPR release, if we did it, Saudi Arabia would reduce the increase that it's now doing to try to make uh, the, the, the market price not as high. Considine's estimate is that um, instead of the normal response to price that we think would happen uh, from an SPR release of, of uh, sort of 1% or 1% to 2% of, of the world market, um, which would be double that or 10 times that, uh, a price reduction, that the actual price reduction from, from a release because of the Saudi cutbacks would only be on the order of about 3.5%. Um, so a much more muted price response given an inventory release because Saudis would react negatively towards our release. And this happens, it seems, every three to four years whenever we see an oil price increase, mainly when consumers see the price of gas go up at the pump. This is a typical response. In part, it's, again, as our colleague Gene Healy writes when he writes about the president, I mean, it's it, the American political system is now, we're told by the media and, and everyone else, there's a whole series of expectations that have developed that for every problem out there, the president and or the Congress should, should respond. And so there's a political answer to every market problem. And when I tr try to talk to people about energy markets, I say they, they're unpleasant, but they work well. The laws of supply and demand haven't been repealed. We may not like the results. Prices are volatile in energy markets, and that in the short run redistributes income from consumers to producers when there's shortages. And then when they're gluts, it redistributes income from producers back to consumers, which everyone seems to like. And But... Producers during gluts and consumers during shortages want the government to do something. And I try to tell them that in the 70s, when we had the elaborate price control system uh, under President Carter, that it was, it was just a mess. Uh, or, and, well, Presidents Nixon, Ford, and Carter, that, that that's what caused the shortages, et cetera, et cetera. So letting markets do what they do um, is, is our best answer, but there's tremendous political pressure uh, for the, the president to do something. And because we have this inventory, that pressure will never go away, right? And so Jerry Taylor and I argue that the SPR shouldn't exist um, because its very presence sets up this inevitable political discussion that you describe. What about in the, in the realm of an actual emergency, simply telling produ paying producers to provide it? I mean, is the, uh, are you suggesting then that the U.S. would be better off just uh, holding some cash and saying, oh, well, this is for gas when we need it? Well, that's another, yeah. I mean, you don't, <laughs> holding oil is expensive. Uh, it's, it's costly to store, et cetera. I mean, Jerry and I in a 2005 paper calculated that in inflation adjusted um, and, and adjusting for the cost of capital dollars, the real cost of filling the SPR has actually been close to $100 a barrel in 2010 dollars. So why, why don't we just save the money? <laughs> Saving the oil is actually quite expensive. Uh, private market inventories, you'd be interested in knowing probably. Uh, the floating inventory right now, the amount of oil in tankers around the world in, in the shipping markets is 800 million barrels. It's bigger than the SPR. And private inventories are, are on the order that stored in the U.S. are on the order of 
24, 20, 23 to 25 days worth of crude. And that's all that private actors have thought it was useful uh, to store. Anything more than that is much more expensive. And as you say, the, the economic answer is, is to um, have more money and pay higher prices and think of it that way rather than something called physically storing the crude in case of a, an emergency. Peter Van Doren is editor of Regulation Magazine. You can read or subscribe to Regulation at Cato.org.